I believe that a little light can dispel a lot of darkness. When you allow yourself to be the truest, most authentic and sparkly version of you, you will have so much light to share with the world. You deserve to shine. You were meant to live your best life. You deserve to feel happy and alive. I don't believe anyone has ever said they've had too much happiness. From the inside out, you deserve to let yourself sparkle. Let yourself sparkle is about figuring out what lights you up and realizing that you have the power to change the way you feel. This show will give you tips and tricks and roadmaps that you can incorporate into your daily life right now, wherever you are, to help you find what lights you up. It's so easy to get lost in the heavy, intense, upsetting, and stressful content that surrounds us. This is why we created this show, to remind you that happiness is contagious and that change starts with you. We are here to help you reignite the fire in your soul. Here is your host, Evie, a fashion designer who makes light-up dresses for rock stars and brides. And she is also the author of the children's books, You Were Born to Be You and Let Yourself Sparkle. We are so happy you're here. The world needs to see you shine. And welcome back to the Let Yourself Sparkle podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Leah Cass. She is an intuitive life coach and energy healer dedicated to helping people forge a more intimate connection with themselves by facilitating emotional regulation, personal empowerment, and deep transformation. She has a formal education in psychology and mental health counseling, and she pairs those skills with her intuitive gifts to provide a unique container to hold space for the real you to be discovered. I'm so excited to have her here with us today to talk about how we can connect deeper with ourselves to illuminate who we really are and let our own light shine brighter than ever before. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, Yeah, so thank you for having me on your podcast. And I want to share a little bit more about myself and what I do. I got into the coaching space after I went through my own journey, as many of us do, right? So I have been, I have a history of struggling with depression. I have a history of struggling with um, childhood trauma and complex childhood trauma, trauma. And I went through a dark night of the soul, as many of us do. And I found that it was very, very difficult for me to find the kind of help that I needed to get through it. Um, oftentimes, I would be told by coaches and people that I went to, spiritual healers, psychics, that I just need to be happy, which actually is not a cure for depression, in case anybody was wondering. Um, that was kind of my goal. That was what I wanted to do, is I wanted to be happy, and I wanted to shine from above. And part of the problem is because I went through a series of really complex childhood experiences that made me lose sight of who I was. It made me lose sight of how I could trust myself. It made me lose sight of the ways that I kind of brought my own sparkle to the world since you talk about sparkle here, right? Um, Because I spent a lot of my childhood being told that I wasn't enough or I was too much or I wasn't good enough. So I always questioned the things that I brought forth. Even when I got excited, a lot of times people kind of shot it down. You know, it was one of those things where I was born into the perfect experiences, honestly, for me to come out and learn how to trust myself a little bit more in a really, really deep and intimate way. So I started working on myself and that journey led me also to going to graduate school for counseling psychology. And I learned a lot about mental health. Um, 
and I went to a lot of spiritual healers because I couldn't find that one modality really worked for me. I went to therapy and it helped, but there wasn't this huge transformation that I feel I was expecting from it. And I also had some poor experiences with mental health professionals. And I really think that my experience was just showing me a lot of the holes that we have in our system, um, especially when it comes to trauma-informed care and helping people get happy. And also, as somebody who has worked in the mental health field, one of the things I felt was really limiting about it is in the medical model, there's a lot of focus on symptom relief as opposed to moving into the space of joy, moving into the space of thriving, you know, and I kind of get very stubborn and I was going through my time and I was learning about all of this stuff and people would say stuff like well some people never get better and I actually had a psychiatrist say that to me in the middle of my worst times and I was like wow what do you mean some people never get better and I mean she was probably burnt out too I could go on the other side of the fence too and talk about like the way that mental health professionals are treated and everything it's hard to hold space for others and whenever we have our own problems but that's not really the focus here um but I had all of these people where I felt like like, I felt like the only goal that I could kind of achieve was maybe being okay, you know, not necessarily thriving, not getting to a place where I found joy and happiness. And it, w- it became this personal mission of mine because I refused to let the fact that I had adverse experiences in my childhood mean that I had adverse, adverse experiences for the rest of my life, right? I wasn't going to accept that. I wasn't going to allow that to be my reality. And I spent so long in the darkness feeling like I couldn't come up for air, I was drowning, that I kind of made it my mission to find a way to help other people who were going through this. And I started working in the mental health field and I started working in addiction. So I was working with some other people who were going through some very dark things and some people who were using substances to escape some of those same feelings that I was experiencing. And I started to kind of observe in myself and in the people around me that there was something stopping us from kind of stepping into our potential. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I never really learned about in graduate school. And it was something that I never really heard other people talking about at the time. Now, other people do talk about this, by the way, I'm not the only one, but this this is my own path to coming to these conclusions. Um, And it kind of came down to the fact that whenever we've been through a lot of trauma, especially complex trauma that's not as clear cut as like, you know, a car accident or going to war or something that everybody thinks about whenever we talk about trauma, we're constantly over aroused, hypervigilant and looking for ways to protect ourselves. So because we're trying to protect ourselves, we can't open ourselves to new experiences, right? So if we spend a lot of our time in this fight or flight response, fight, flight, freeze, um, response, then whenever we kind of get to a place where we're moving forward in our life, oftentimes we stop ourselves because we realize that the unknown is really scary to us. And our first priority is to protect ourselves and to keep ourselves safe emotionally, physically, what have you. So I started observing this to all of my clients. I started thinking about this a lot. I noticed it in myself and I was like, well, if it's so terrifying for me to move forward and do something else, of course, I'm going to keep living the same experiences. It required big changes for me to be able to uncover who I really was. And a lot of the ways that I limited myself were the ways that I saw myself in these boxes that um, 
I had been putting myself in for a very long time because even becoming a new person was scary. Who am I without my trauma? Who am I if I'm going to be living this new life of joy? What is this going to look like? It's really, really, really scary. And it's scary in a way that we don't really bring to the surface. A lot of times we think we're lazy. We think that we are not motivated. We get down on ourselves and we beat ourselves up even more whenever we don't make the changes that we know that we need to make. Um, when I was working in drug and alcohol addiction, a lot of times it came down to using. You know, we people would want to make these changes they get up and they genuinely mean it the night before I'm going to stop doing this tomorrow and then what happened they would get up and they would do the same things you know how many times have I wanted to eat healthy and I get up the next day and I don't eat healthy you know what I mean we all have these intentions but why don't we do it so I started looking a lot more into how we live our lives and I realized that part of this is because we kind of train ourselves through repetition a way to live, a routine, right? And I started noticing that we live our lives mostly on autopilot. We don't pick up the potato chips the next morning whenever we want to eat healthier because we are, well, there is, it can't, there can't be a self-betrayal aspect, but there, sometimes we do it just because we wake up and we don't think about anything. We just start our day and we keep reacting to every situation. And when we aren't aware of the feelings that we have underneath, we're not aware of our motivations for doing things. We just kind of keep cruising along on autopilot, which is perfectly normal. Most of us human beings do. We get into a routine and we're comfortable. Um, and we just kind of keep doing the things that we're doing. And then at the end of the day, we look back and we say, oh, crap, I didn't do it again. God, I'm a failure. God, I didn't do this. God, I didn't do that. Tomorrow, I'm going to start again. But we don't. So what I realized was really important for me to be able to get started on this healing process and to actually make the changes that I needed to make, which are simpler than I would have expected, to be honest, um, was to disrupt my routine through doing different practices, including mindfulness practices. Hmm. So I started doing meditation. I started really starting, I started reading books about like Buddhism and I started reading books about Zen Buddhism. And that's really where this started. Um, and I started to make connections between the stuff that I was learning in school for therapy and a lot of the things that they were talking about um, in the Buddhist religion. And I'm not a Buddhist, so I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to appropriate where it doesn't belong, but I'm, this is where some of these beliefs come from. Um, and I really found that getting into the present moment and starting to understand that I needed to start looking at the world through new eyes in order to see it differently was really where my practice started and where I started being able to help other people. Um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Now, I don't just use mindfulness tools. I also do some stuff to get back into our body. Um, but one of the things that's so important and so powerful about this is it disrupts your routine for one. So instead of just moving on autopilot and moving your life and living your life the way that you thought that you would every day, you'd have to take a break, Right. If you take a break and just take some time to get back into your body and to calm your nervous system, that's the other thing. Whenever you're used to chaos, peace doesn't feel safe. We have to train ourselves to want peace, right? Um, so that is what is, has taught me to disrupt my routine and to get into a place where I can actually implement the changes because I started living from a conscious place where I was able to calm myself, return to peace, and then kind of make my decisions instead of reacting to all of the different emotional things that happen throughout the day. It's amazing. How can we do that? Like, do you have a routine or like an exercise that can help us? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So one of the things that I do very day, and this is, this is what I'm going to tell you. If you're new to meditation, if you're new to mindfulness, you don't, this does not have to be a long thing. It does not have to be hard and it does not have to be like this 
55 minute thing. You don't need to be a monk here. Um, but sometimes just connecting with our body and bringing our energy back into our body can help us stop dissociating. If we have history of dissociating, because a lot of us, the trauma like might be dissociating a lot, but it also brings us that conscious awareness. And I'm going to do my little spiritual woo-woo version of it, adapt it to however you see fit and what's good for you. Um, but I kind of do it as a way to align to my highest timeline all the time. So if you guys would like, um, I can walk you through that really quickly. It's a really great exercise. I highly recommend doing it anytime you feel a little bit dysregulated. And if you start your day doing this, I guarantee you, you're going to start seeing changes right away. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. All right. All right. So if you're ready, just take a couple deep breaths and just start feeling yourself returning to your body. Just start following your breath in and out and just start noticing it filling your lungs. And as with each breath in, let's just start calling our energy back into our body. And notice yourself feeling safer and safer with each breath. And as you breathe in, you breathe in feelings of safety. And you let go of that fear and that worry with each breath out. So just breathe in and breathe out. Now I want you to imagine roots growing from the bottoms of your feet and just notice the bottoms of your feet, feel them on the ground. And just feel those roots pushing down, 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 deep into the earth's crystalline core. And just feel yourself connecting into the earth's core, however that looks to you, it doesn't matter. And then just feel that energy from the earth start to move up through the roots into your body and just feel yourself connecting a little bit more to the earth as you notice how you're feeling. Keep breathing in and breathing out. And then just feel that energy moving through your body and just feel it moving up through your legs as you put your attention on your legs and your hips. And just letting it fill your stomach area, your solar plexus, your chest, your shoulders. Let it move down to your arms. Let it fill your hands. Another deep breath in. Let it fill your head. And then just imagine it kind of starting to move out from your head and just kind of connecting up into the sky and the cosmos. And just feel yourself connecting with your higher self and your spirit and your soul. Whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. And then just feel yourself pulling that energy in. And as you do, just set the intention you're setting yourself on your highest possible path right now. And we can call in all the pieces of this, our souls that we're missing. And also set the intention to disconnect from any energy that doesn't belong to us. And just take another deep breath in and out and just know that you can always return to this place of safety where you're connected to your higher self and also down on the ground in 3D earth reality. Take one more deep breath and whenever you're ready, you can just start to open your eyes and wiggle your toes and just come back to all of us.
So if you like the chakra system, if you're into that, you could use that, um, you know, just visualize the chakras as you move up and down. But really, these practices make them your own. What matters is you're going to do them. And one thing that I tell my clients all the time is I hear people, well, I'm bad at meditation or I'm bad at being mindful. And it's like, yes, you are. Everyone is. That's the point. It's a practice because we have to practice. And the more that we practice, the more that we get better at this. So it actually takes the time of doing it, the five minutes it takes to do it. But if we actually put this into practice, you're not going to be bad at it all the time. And now if you have PTSD, actual PTSD, you might be, want to be a little bit careful. There's a difference between discomfort and a flashback. So I, I like to warn people of that. You know, if you're having some actual PTSD symptoms, then maybe stop. But if it's actually just discomfort that you're sitting with, if it's just run-of-the-mill discomfort, anxiety, that kind of thing, let yourself be with that. Being more comfortable with this instead of trying to change it and trying to do something to, to relieve it is going to help you get better and better at sitting with yourself. And that's the first step. There's a lot of other steps, but that's the first step. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah, no problem. I know, you know, what you were saying about like breaking our own patterns, like it's it's so easy to just like roll out of bed in the morning and just go, you know, like jump into the day, jump into like whatever it was that you did yesterday and the day before and the day before that. And like, you know, I I realized that like, you know, life is so busy and we have all these things that we have to do and it's so easy to forget to schedule in those moments of downtime and those moments of connecting with ourselves and grounding ourselves. And, you know, it's, you talked about like being in that constant state of like fight or flight mode. And it's just so easy to be that way, you know, especially yeah. at a time like this, like, I feel like, you know, these last couple of years have been just so intense and overwhelming for so many people, even with or without a diagnosis. Like I think so much has changed. And it's so important to connect with yourself and, you know, schedule in those moments to just take care of who you are. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things that I noticed in my clients and myself is this busyness as a trauma response. And part of the reason why these last couple of years have been so difficult for all of us is we haven't had to sit with ourselves in the quiet and with the discomfort that's underneath all the noise and underneath all the distraction and underneath all of the busyness. So it's been really jarring for a lot of us as we've had to slow down or get busier because some, some people have gotten busier and some have gotten slower, right? Um, and to manage the stress and to manage change because change is difficult, whether it's a good change or a bad change. Change is stressful no matter what. So a lot of times when we're stressed out, we're not consciously thinking, wow, I'm really stressed out right now. Well, at least maybe if you're emotionally healthy, you do, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I had to kind of sit and kind of, I started even identifying my feelings because I never had that space when I was growing up. I was never taught how to identify my feelings. You know, it was just kind of a constant state of reaction, a constant state of protection. And it's so easy to live our life in a way that we don't want to and to create unintended consequences because we're so busy reacting instead of being much more conscious in the moment. And it's amazing what small shifts can make such a difference in how we see the world and how we start interacting with the world and then the next reality that we want to create. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you know what you also mentioned before about how, you know, the people who work in the mental health field are so often so burnt out because they are so overworked, yeah. you know, and I think it's interesting because, you know, this fight and flight reaction that people can have and like, you know, that feeling of burnout can can happen, you know, when we've got nothing going on and when there's the silence. And then also when there's just too much, 
Yes. So it's like it, you know, we lose ourselves and the fear sets in like when it's either too much or too little. Yes, absolutely. And we don't value our mental health professionals enough. Um, I'm in the U.S., but in the U.S., I know that we don't. I can't speak for other countries. But we also don't teach us to take care of ourselves either. Like, we're always taking care of other people. And there's some talk about compassion fatigue and burnout and and self-care, but we pay a lot of lip service to it, but we don't work that into the agencies that we work for. And we don't work that into a lot of our practices because, well, we don't, there's not space for it unless we choose to start consciously creating it. And that's a side thing that I'm trying to do right now is I was actually kind of working with, um, this is aside from this, this business, but I'm trying to get together spiritual um, therapists, mental health care professionals, and physical doctors as well, because I really want to create a network of support and a place where we can kind of go and be held and practice self-care and also collaborate in different ways. Um, I really think there's a lot of crossover to, between spiritual healers and mental health professionals and those kinds of things. There's a lot that we can learn from each other. So one of the things that I've also been trying to build is a forum for that to happen. So if that's something that's interesting to anybody, I'd actually really love to see hear you this isn't about selling you or anything I'm just creating a community on Facebook to try to start seeing how we can learn from each other and how we can start to collaborate in a better way and even more important how can we take care of ourselves so much that we are able to be the best us for our clients and also lead happy lives while carrying all this really heavy stuff that we carry for other people because it's very difficult being in that space where we're holding space for really dark things and, and remaining the light. It's really easy to absorb that, um, especially if you're very empathic or if you're um, honestly kind of codependent. We can have codependency issues when we're in the helping professionals too, professions too. Absolutely. And, you know, I heard this phrase once, like you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. So it's so important for the healers and the helpers and, you know, like whoever is trying to help somebody other than themselves to make sure that like they put their oxygen mask on first. Absolutely. That they fill up their cup because you can't just give, 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 give without taking care of yourself. You'll have, you'll you'll give your whole self away. Yeah, you absolutely do. And then that can kind of start being translated as feeling angry or feeling resentful. And we don't even realize we're burnt out sometimes. Sometimes we just are looking around and, you know, it just feels like everything is a different perspective too. Like we just start seeing things differently. We start seeing our clients like, why can't they change? Or why can't they do this or that? Which is usually the first sign that we're burning out, right? That we start looking at other people the same way that we used to. Instead of um, being present with ourselves and noticing it's our feelings that are changing, our resentment, our cup that is run empty. And you know what? It's not just about like mental health professionals. It's also parents, you know, oh my like gosh, yes. somebody who's taking teachers, you know, people who are taking care of anybody else, little, little people, you know, anybody who relies on you, whether it's your mm-hmm. client or your child, you know, or people take care of their parents, you know, like if you, you need to have, you know, you need to be the most vibrant version of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And it's so important what you're talking about and this whole concept of like setting aside time to just like connect with yourself and ground with yourself and, you know, breathe in, breathe back in your energy and let go of like the fear and the anxiety and breathe it all out, you know, and just to just be and connect because we have to be whole to take care of other people. And like, I can't believe what that doctor said to you, but it's so true. You know, I think, I think people don't even realize 
what they say and I'm like sure the negative number. Yeah. I'm sure, if, I'm sure if I repeated that back to her, she'd be horrified. Oh, I, yeah. I guarantee it. It was probably just a bad day where she saw a bunch of people and it was so hard. She, I have like always got the feeling she was kind of depressed too, to be completely honest. So that, but that, that's why it's so important for us to take care of ourselves though, because we hold people who are vulnerable and in vulnerable spaces. And when we're holding them so closely, I guess that's not the right word. When we're holding them, you know, and somebody's vulnerable, they're a lot more impressionable. You know, they're a lot there. It's a lot easier to do unintentional harm. Right. And that's something that I think is really important too, is this, the self-care is almost an ethics question, in my opinion. Like, how can we be the most ethical practitioners that we can be? And part of that really does come with, with taking care of ourselves. And also some of that comes with a little bit more advocacy to give us outside resources to have the space to do that, because it's easy to talk about how we need to do this. It's another thing to actually make this a reality because we don't necessarily always are, we're not always granted the space to do that. You're right. And you know what, like, I'm even thinking about it. And I realize like, this, this can be applied to anybody. Like, imagine just like you're walking down the street, and some person is in a bad mood. And then they just like, say something nasty to you. I mean, that'll ruin your day. Absolutely. You know, like, that'll Absolutely. put you in the worst mood. Or imagine walking down the street, and someone comes by with like their beautiful smile. And they are just they say something nice, you know, they're like, you know, you have, I love your pants or, you know, like you have the most incredible smile or, you know, something, something positive, or maybe they, you know, I've been at Starbucks before in the drive-through line and then I get to pay and they're like, Oh, the car in front of you just bought you your food. And I'm like, what? Like, it just, it makes me want to cry. Cause it was like so nice. I don't know them. I can't even say thank you. But like that type of stuff, like kindness, and love and light. And when you're in a good mood, I feel like you have so much light to share with the people around you, whoever they are, you know, and it's just, it's so important. It's so important, especially there's a, there's a saying that I love that a little, a little light can um, dispel a lot of darkness. It's so true. It's so true. true. And we all have the power to give more light. And so thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I think it's it's so, so, so needed. And how can people reach you? So you can reach me through my website, www.soulrevitalization.com. Um, and that's probably the best way to reach me. I also have a podcast um, called Spilling the Spirituality, where we talk about issues in the spiritual community. Um, and yeah, if you're interested, please send me an email through my soul revitalization website too, if you're interested in the spiritual therapist thing. This is very new and I'm just trying to find like-minded people to connect and collaborate. So if you're interested in that, I would really love to connect with you too. Thank you so much for listening to the Let Yourself Sparkle podcast. If you know anybody that could use some more light in their lives, please share this episode. Um, let them know that every single episode of the Let Yourself Sparkle podcast shares tips and tricks for how you can lower your stress and anxiety and depression and live a happier life. Add that sparkle back to your life. Anyway, you can also go to youcanchoosetobehappy.com to download my free self-help guide, which will give you all kinds of tips and tricks to lower stress and anxiety and start living your best life. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time. Bye.
use a fresh coat of paint Change my scenery Wake up in the morning and choose to be brave And set this cage bird free Change today. I'll part my hair a different way to live. 